Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. We trust that you will be encouraged by today's message. Praise the Lord. Now, I, I have a tough deal tonight. You know, because <laughs> nobody can out-teach Rusty. <laughs> and if you try, you're just foolish. So what I thought I would do is just be myself and give what the Lord gave me. And it's really not in the form of a message. It's more of the last few days I've been saying, God, please give me a prophetic word for Island Church. A prophetic word. And the Lord let me know that he was going to start using me this way, and I'm uncomfortable with it. I'm really uncomfortable with it. I like for everything to be lined out, everything that I'm going to say to be lined out, and I know exactly everything that I'm going to do. I'm one of those guys. I preach with notes. I refuse to preach with an iPad. I just, I like notes. I'm old school. I like a Bible that I can touch. I like pages I can turn. And I'm allergic to technology. And it seems that technology is allergic to me. We have a mutual love-hate relationship, and it's ongoing, and it intensifies. I want a computer that feels what I want. And if I hit a wrong key, it understands me and still gives me what I want. I want to just talk to it, and it gives me what I want. That's what I want. Anybody else like that? Hallelujah. So, first of all, I said, God, give me a scripture for Island Church. And the Lord gave me one. It's in Isaiah chapter 8. Isaiah chapter 8. And this may set the tone. Like I say, I'm in a little bit of uncomfortable waters. uh, But I'm going to endeavor to obey the Lord and give out what I've got. Isaiah chapter 8 and verse... 18, here am I, and the children whom the Lord has given me, we are for signs and wonders in Galveston. Amen. We are for signs and wonders in Galveston. And that is the word of the Lord over this church and for this church, that God has raised you up and this church up as a sign and a wonder for Galveston. Now, what does that mean? That that means certain things, and one of those things that I believe it means is that 2022, you're going to go to another level. You're going to go to another level. There are levels of the grace of God. There's levels of the anointing of God, and there's levels of the manifestations of the Spirit of God, and the Holy Spirit is saying to Island Church, He's calling you to another level. He's calling you to another level. What does that mean? Well, the church... The last two years have been, has been on the defensive. I'm not talking about this church specifically. I'm talking about the church in general has been put back on its heels. And now it's begun playing a, 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 it's a defensive posture. It's a wait and see posture. And we're not called to be that. Amen. That's right. I, I'm sorry to have to 
tell some of my past, but as a street fighter, I learned that one of the greatest defenses is a great offense. I don't have to worry about a guy hitting me when I'm hitting him 12 times to one. I know that's a bad example, but it's the only one I've got right now. Like I say, I'm learning to flow in a different way. Come on now. The, the, the best defense the Tampa Bay Bucks has is to keep Tom Brady on the field. Nobody else ever gets to play because the offense is always running the field and scoring. And so a lot of times the church can get knocked back, knocked back, and, and you know, you, you, you get gun shy from so many hits coming in our society and so many things that we're dealing with and you can end up taking a defensive wait and see posture and God is saying that time's over. That time's over. He has a response to COVID. He has a response. You say, what's God going to do? A lot of times people are praying for God to do something outside of them. And it's wrong to pray like that. Don't pray for God to bring something to Galveston to you that you're not willing to have happen through you. The Holy Spirit is not your errand boy. You are his. Here am I. Send me. And so there is a responsibility that comes on uh, a people that have a particular calling like this church has. I, I wrote a book. I wrote, I've written two books. One book I'm not sure anybody will read. I wrote it kind of a, as a joke, and the title says it all. Should your church exist? It's a great, it's a great book. I'm not sure anybody would read it, but I, it's a great book. I hadn't published it. Philip Baker hates the title. I don't care. To me, it gets right to the point. I'm one of those guys. Should your church exist? Because in the book, I can't, you can't separate the calling on the leader and the destiny of the church. And there's a mantle of the supernatural on Pastor Rusty Martin. And you can't separate that from the future of the church. I say that to say this. You cannot Expect Island Church to be a normal church. And if you keep wanting it to be normal, you're constantly going to be disappointed and offended that it's not. And it's not supposed to be. Like I say, I'm new at some of this, so... What's happening in the world and what's happening in the church. The Bible talks about the children of Israel, and this should have been our response. In Exodus chapter 1, verse 12, it says, The more that Pharaoh afflicted the children of Israel, the more they multiplied and grew. That should have been our response. Instead of backing up and trying to be polite. There's no, I, I, and I'm not talking about the fruit of the Spirit. I'm talking about, okay, we're just going to do everything the government tells us no matter what because we're supposed to be obedient to the government. To a point. 
Anytime the government tells you to do something or not do something that the Word of God tells you to do, you have a right, dare I say, an obligation to make your choice and obey the Bible. Amen. So they say, you can't meet. Well, my Bible says can meet. You can't get close. Bible says get close. Greet each other with a holy kiss. I hope we don't get back to that, but there it is. Can't everybody listen? You got, listen, they had diseases back then. It said, greet each other with a holy kiss. You live in fear. You can't touch anybody. You're sure not going to be kissing them. <laughs> greet each other with a holy kiss. Not a, not a. <laughs> you understand, understand. Tell me I can't lay hands on the sick. Not only am I not supposed to be afraid, not afraid of getting COVID, I'm supposed to believe that if I lay hands on you, you're going to get better. Amen. Not only am I not going to get what you got, you're going to get something I got and you're going to get better. Amen. Now you tell me I can't do that. We got issues. I'm not a rebellious person, not going around trying to pick a fight, but the church quit being the church. Who told you to quit being the church? Who told you to back up? In the name of civil obedience, we need to get back to Acts 4. Peter and John said, whether you think it's right for us to preach in the name of Jesus, you go have your discussion. We're going to keep doing it. Maybe you can all get together and talk yourself to death while we're getting people healed. God has something that he is wanting to release. These are not normal times. These are not normal times. So God is about to release some unnormal things. He has an answer. Many people are saying, well, where's God? Well, I promise you he's got an answer. But the answer is not apart from his people. It's not like he's going to answer somewhere out here. He's going to answer something in here through us, through our lives. The answer is going to come through us. You can tell what my mind is thinking by what my body is doing. My body is giving expression to the dictates of my mind. Can you say amen? So there are particular callings on churches. Now, something that's happened here recently with me and the Word of God. You know you have a relationship with the Word of God. And that relationship with the Word of God should should send you into a relationship with with God. I understand that God is His Word and and in the beginning was the Word. But at the right hand of God, there's not a Bible, there's a person. Jesus said, you search the Scriptures... And he said, you won't, you search the scriptures, but you won't let the scriptures lead you to me. Now, something's happened recently with me and and my my time in the word. I started realizing how many times the Bible says we. And how many times I apply the word me when I'm reading a we scripture. But we all with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being changed into the image even as by the Spirit of God, from glory to glory. But, it, but, but you read it, it says, we. we. Yeah. 
And there's so many scriptures throughout the epistles that are directed at we and us and we and us and we and us. And, and when I read them in, in my American theological mind, I'm hearing me and me and mine, me and mine. Now listen, something happened when I was pastoring. Something happened. I was in prayer and I thought I was doing good. I was praying. I had prayed about an hour. I had gone back and forth praying an hour, praying in tongues, praying... Praying, praying, praying. And I was just about to leave and I saw, I saw in the spirit, and this is what I saw. I saw a hand go out like that. It wasn't my hand either. I just saw a hand go out like that. And then I heard the voice of the Lord ringing in that sanctuary. Now I've blessed you as far as I can bless you and I can't bless you anymore. You've hit the ceiling. And until you make adjustments and take, take that thing out of your heart, change what's in your heart. He said, I can't, I can't bless you beyond this point. Now, when he said that thing in your heart, he didn't have to explain anything because when he said it, he yanked the blanket off of it. He said it and did something at the same time. He exposed it. That thing in your heart, when he said that thing in your heart, I literally was standing there looking at myself. I said, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You see, I was raised in a super, super competitive home. My, my brother and I, my brothers and I, we fist fought over chicken liver. When my mother would fry chicken, when that, when that, when that pile of, uh, uh, of chicken would hit the center of the oven, it was on. And I'm talking about blood, busting lamps, walls crashing. My mother got so upset one day, she went to to our grocery store, the Piggly Wiggly, she bought a whole thing of chicken liver. She cooked the whole thing. And she called us all in there and she said, all right, there's a whole plate of chicken liver right here. You're fighting, tearing the house up over it. Here it is. She walked out. We left. About three hours later, she come back in, not one piece of chicken liver. And she was so mad. She called us back in there. She is screaming and chewing us out. I, you know, you about to kill each other over one piece of chicken. I cook a whole, what's wrong with you? I raised my hand. I said, Mama, what? We don't like chicken liver. <laughs> what? I said, we don't like chicken liver. We just like to fight. <laughs> we don't, none of us like chicken liver. I just don't like you getting chicken liver. So, I mean, we were, you know, everything in our family was like that. Food, clothes, money, privileges. It was, my daddy encouraged it. was like, ah, toughest man wins. Go for it. That's the way we were raised. So, when I started pastoring a church, listen, I had Cain. The Lord says, you got Cain theology. Cain theology is not only do you want the blessing, you don't want your brother to have the blessing. Now, I wanted, I wanted Magnolia Christian Center to grow, and I wanted to be the church in that town. So when it was growing, I was happy. And when my brother's church was growing, I was not happy. See, I thought it was holy enough for me to be concerned about me, my, my family, my ministry, and my church. I thought that was holy. I'm holy enough. I am caring about the things that are important to me. 
I am committed. I am serving. I am lifting. I'm praying. I'm sweating. I'm bleeding. I'm doing everything for me, my family, this church, and my life. And the Lord said, okay. That's how far you're blessed. Now, unless you start thinking about we and kingdom, Unless you start thinking about we and kingdom. And you know something else I did. I listened to gossip. Other preachers would fall and struggle and somebody come tell me about it and we'd have a big laugh about it. And the Lord let me know, I'm not pleased with that. And I'm not going to bless you anymore. Now you got to understand I'm in my 20s, so please cut me some slack. (laughs) I'm young in the Lord and, and, and I wasn't renewed and I still had... I still had a competitive idea about, about God. And I had a board member come to me and he said, he said, Pastor, I got an idea for a ministry and it's Master's Hands Ministry. What do we do? Well, we, we bless people that can't, that can't help them, themselves. Okay, what project do you have? Jim McWilliams. He said, I want to build a ramp for a Vietnam veteran. He's crippled and can't get in his house. And the people that were lifting him up, they're old and they can't lift him up anymore. And he needs a ramp. And I was sitting there thinking, Jim, I said, I don't know anybody in our, I don't, we don't have a Vietnam vet that's crippled. Who are you talking about? He goes, well, he's not in our church. So my mind's reeling. And I said, so you want us to build him a ramp so he'll come to our church? He said, Pastor, I want us to build him a ramp because he needs a ramp. Now listen, that doesn't sound like much to you. It changed my life because the Lord is talking to me. He said, you know, all your spirituality is you, 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 you. All the scriptures you read, you read you, you, you. You go back and study the epistles and how much it says we, 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 we. There is a call on a congregation. There is a call on groups of people to do things together, all of them together as one person together. But it's we and it's us and it's the kingdom. So I had this one man in my church. He was Mr. Bucket Mouth. And he knew all the dirt on every preacher in every church. He did nothing all day but gather dirt on Christians. He come and told me. So one time I came out and the Lord was on me and he's kind of a big fat guy. I have to tell that part of the story. Debbie hates it when I tell that part, but it's important to the story. So he came out and a preacher had fallen in our little town. He had, he had sinned. And he said, well, preacher, you hear about brother Saul? I said, yeah. I tell you what, he started. So you know what I did? I grabbed him. I said, my God, if it's that bad, let's pray. I pulled him down to the floor, and I started praying. It's right before church, people all over the foyer, and we're praying. And he's hurting because he's big fella, and his knees are hurting. And I'm, I'm looking at him because the Bible does say watch and pray. So look at him. He's turning red, and he's sweating, starting to sweat. Then he starts pull, trying to pull away from me. And I won't let him. So I just hang on to him. I start praying in tongues, you know. 
So I just pray in tongues until, I, until I'm hurting. And then I realized if I'm hurting, he's about to die. So I stood, I stood him up, stood him up, put my arm around him and said, Brother, listen, you hear anything else, you let me know, we'll pray again. <laughs> you know, I get two questions asked the most about my time in Tanzania. I'm 19 years now, 19 years, and change has come. The Lord has led me to step down as the principal of the Bible college. And now what Deb and I are going to do is take what we've done in Tanzania to all the nations of the world. We're excited. It's huge change. You say, how are you going to do it? Not quite sure. Very uncomfortable. But I get asked two questions. Number one, what do you eat? I don't know why you people are so fascinated about what we eat over there. We're not eating monkey. We're not. It's a lot of beans and rice, okay? It's a lot of beans and rice. Second thing is, this is the predominant question. Pastor Paul, why do we not see the miracles in America that you see in Tanzania, in Africa? Please tell me why. Well, the answer, there's not a simple answer. There's not a simple one-line answer. It's a series of things. And yes, we do. We see the miraculous outpouring of God, miracles, signs, and wonders on a phenomenal basis. Some of those things I don't even share because you share them in churches and you can feel people don't believe what you're saying. But they are supernatural, supernatural things that happen all the time. Let me give you an example. There was a young man who, wanted a, who got a word from a lady that said uh, she wanted to start a church in her, in her village. And Johanna went there to preach at her house. Now, her husband was an aminist. That means witchcraft. He's out in the pasture with the cows. And Johanna is doing a small Bible study there in the yard with the chickens and a few women and, and kids. And they want to start a church. Someone goes out to the husband and says, there's a dude preaching at your hut. And the guy says, not at my hut. Oh, yes, he's preaching right now. He tells his two friends, let's go kill him. So they get their spears and they come back to the hut. And when he's afar off, he starts running and screaming at Johanna. Who gave you authority? Who gave you authority to preach at my hut? Who gave you authority? Johanna just stopped, lowered his Bible and said, God told me to preach the gospel. The guy runs up to him, run on a dead run, rears back to drive the spear through his chest. And when he does, his arm locks. His arm locks, and then his eye explodes. I asked Johanna, what do you mean his eye explodes? He said, I can't explain it. It looked like when you crack an egg. Boom. I said, what happened to the other two? He said, they became evangelists. <laughs> they, they ran for their life. So this guy is trying with all his might to drive the spear, but his elbow's locked and he can't move it. And his eye explodes. Now, I thought it was going to end in a great testimony of him repenting. I said, what happened? Did he, did he get saved? He goes, no. He said, I walked up to him and I touched him on the shoulder and I said, now, Lord, I'm choosing to forgive him. So I'm asking you release him right now. He said his elbow dropped and the spear dropped, but his hands retracted into an arthritic position. 
He said he was eat up with arthritis instantly, and he's that way to this day. I said, did he repent? He said he never repented. He said, but you know, he quit fighting us. He said, we started a church right there. Supernatural signs and wonders. So these things are happening all the time. Now, why? Why? Well, I can give you a few reasons. One, in America, uh, in Africa, if I get up and I say, you know, the Spirit of the Lord's here, and I believe that he wants to heal people tonight, Africans start rejoicing. They just start rejoicing. They say, man, I'm getting, hey, I've been standing, I'm getting mine tonight. The man of God said, the power of the Lord's here to, to heal. I'm going to get mine tonight. Now, in America, you say that, and people go, we'll see. So, the level of, of unity there in the church in Africa, where you have leftover tribal mentality, which means the chief's word is authority, and you should obey it. I understand that they go too far in Africa and they abuse their authority. I understand all that. But Africans have, in general have an understanding of authority. They understand unity and they understand authority and they don't fold their arms and say, we'll see. They just start rejoicing and say, the man of God said this is going to happen. I'm going to get mine tonight. Yeah, amen. Can you say amen? amen. So there's, there's, there's different reasons why things happen the way they happen. Now, what I want to say to you, and like I say, I'm, going, I'm, I'm not so much going by notes tonight as I am just sharing what the Lord gave me. At some point, y'all have to embrace your identity as a signs and wonders church. Amen. What I saw today as I sat at the, at the beach and just got mesmerized just felt the presence of God was that God was going to start visiting this church in 2022, was going to start wave upon wave, wave upon wave, wave upon wave. Now, there come some instructions with that. First of all, you can't, you can't live by waves. You live by the Word of God. Those waves that God wants to blow through this church and, and hit this church with more and more and more is for really a lot of people outside of this church that are going to hear about it and they're going to come to this church. Now, I have to give you some instruction. I said, Lord, give me a word. Give me some instruction. I'll give you some instruction. I was praying for revival at Magnolia Christian Center. I prayed my guts out for revival. Now listen to me, the church started filling up with weird people. I'm not even talking about average weird. I'm talking about above average weird. And I got so bothered by it that I went to the Lord and said, I don't think you understand what I said. I'm wanting revival. I'm asking you for revival. 
The ch can you send anybody normal? <laughs> Everybody that came had some kind of a, you know. Golly molly, what is up? You know, let me tell you, if I ever heard from the Lord, I heard the Lord say to me, I'm not going to send you the people that every church wants until you prove to me you'll love the people that no church wants. Oh, it's a test. <laughs> See, and, and, and you know, you don't hear teaching like this a lot where God still tests people. He doesn't test you with evil, but he tests the motives of your heart. Why you want what you want is as important as what you're wanting. Why you're doing what you're doing and who you're really doing it for is as important as what you're doing. And when those motives don't line up with God, don't be surprised if you don't get it, even though it's something good. If a man will want what God wants for the same reason God wants it, he becomes unstoppable. If a church will want what God wants for the same reason God wants it, they become unstoppable. Amen. And while I'm at it, the Bible says the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. That's not us getting attacked and us withstanding the attack. It's gates of hell. We're going where they are. We're going where hell is, and hell is trying to resist us, and they can't do it. That's an offensive church, not a defensive church. So you've got to embrace your identity. As a sign in one or two, you can't expect Island Church to be normal. You can't want it to. We just want a normal church with a normal pastor. It's not going to happen. The sooner you get over it, the better you'll be. You have to embrace your identity. Jesus got up on his first sermon and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do this, to do this, and to do this. And they liked it so much, they tried to throw him off a cliff. He still got up and said it. And what that means is God is wanting to elevate the supernatural in everybody's life. God is wanting to make you a sign and a wonder. When I got saved, somebody came and told my sweet darling wife here, Paul Tokel got saved, and, and, and bless her heart, she said, well, I'll have to see that. It was a, literally a sign and a wonder in, in, in our town that I got saved. If you just knew where I came from, if you just knew how I was raised, if you just knew what, what God did. And, and, and literally, God wants to make your life 
How does God get glory? How does God get glory out of your life? When people look at you and they know that what has happened in your life has to be the hand of God. It couldn't have been you. You're not that smart. You're not that good looking. You're not that educated. You're not that talented. You're, I don't mean to put you down. I'm just saying it's the truth. So that when God does what he does, everybody knows this was the hand of God. We stayed married because of God. We stayed in love because of God. Our kids are blessed. They shouldn't be, but they are. We shouldn't be blessed, but we are. We shouldn't be healed, but we are. Our minds shouldn't work right, but they do. People look at you and say, my, 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 that has to be God. Embrace your identity. Let God elevate your life to another supernatural level. How do, you, how do you do that? Let me just say this. There are two types of comfort. There, there is a comfort of the Holy Spirit that God wants you to walk in. Jesus said, I, I'm not going to leave you without comfort. So there is a life of peace in the Spirit that God wants you to have no matter what's going on around you. I mean, all hell breaking loose. You know, Jesus, a great example is the disciples are fearing for their life, and Jesus is eat up with so much peace, he's asleep. Yeah. It's not that he don't care. It's just that he is so full of peace, he's not rattled. Right. And obviously, he thought they should do something about it because he rebuked them. Why didn't you do something? Where's your faith? Why you got to wake me up? It's having a good nap. (laughs) He didn't say, watch this deity trick. He said, why didn't you do something? So there is a comfort of the Holy Spirit. But what I'm telling you, since I've been in 19 different countries, I can tell you that part of the American dream is to live a comfortable life. Now, that's, that's different. I'm telling you, the way we seek comfort in America, it goes contrary to a life in the Spirit. My life with God has not made me comfortable. I was comfortable. I was living my dream. Pastoring a church, I had 80 acres of hardwood that I could hunt all to myself. On Pastor Appreciation Day, they gave me a a double cab, four-wheel drive Chevrolet truck. Oh, my God, they paid the taxes and the insurance and handed me the keys and said, have fun. They told me that they would never vote on another pastor for for the rest of the life of the church. You're our pastor for the rest of your life. I was set up. We were blessed. Let me tell you this. We were comfortable. And in the year 2000, something started scratching down in here. Something that took me two years to pray out. Two years of praying until I realized God was asking me to walk away from every bit of it. Leave it. Leave it and go to what? Absolutely nothing. No promise of support, not one dime. As if, as if... To challenge me even further, I have to do true confession. They gave us so much money at Christmas time, 
I gave everybody gifts that I didn't even like, and I still had money left over. So I made up my mind I was going to resign, and I wasn't going to spend that Christmas bonus. I was going to keep that bonus, and, and, uh, and I was going to use that bonus to live off of till I could raise support to go on the mission field. And my darling sweet person here said, uh, we need to talk. And when Miss Debbie says we need to talk, it usually means you messed up. So she sat me down and she said, I got a question for you. Is there an assignment from Jesus Christ that you have not fulfilled at Magnolia Christian Center? I said, not one. We're done. She said, so we're just staying for money. I said, sweetheart, I wasn't thinking like that. She goes, I know. You were thinking like a provider. I understand. But look at me and tell me, is there an assignment from Jesus Christ that you have not finished at Magnolia Christian Center? I said, not one. She said, so then we're all, we are staying for money. I said, baby, if we walk away now, we walk away with nothing. Are you telling me that's what you want to do? She said, are you telling me that God is calling us to Tanzania to train leaders? I said, absolutely. She said, then time to resign is right now. Amen. I was, my, my uncomfortable hit a whole nother level. <laughs> I was very uncomfortable. But we did it. We didn't miss a meal. We didn't miss a bill. I could sit down with a piece of paper. Both of us could sit down with a piece of paper right now, and we could not tell you how. Yeah. We could not tell you how. Only thing we can tell you is God did it. Amen. Yeah. Now, let me go on with this uncomfortable testimony. I get ready to sell my house because it's a, it's a seller's market. And the Lord said, and I put my house for sale, a house that I improved greatly, and I put, it, put the price out there. Houses are selling all around us, and our house won't sell. I lower the price. I lower the price. It won't sell. I get mad at God, and I said, I want to know why you're not selling my house. And he said, did I ask you to sell your house? I said, Lord, it's a seller's market. I'm a missionary. That's what they do. They sell their house, and they live out of a suitcase, and I'm wanting you to know I'm willing to sacrifice. And the Lord said, I didn't ask you for that. Don't pull up the sign. Don't sell the house. I'll provide for you here, and I'll provide for you in Tanzania. I'll provide both houses. I can't tell you how he did it. I can only tell you that when the housing market bottomed out, the Lord said to us, sell your house now. <laughs> I would just rather not live this uncomfortable life that I have somehow. But listen to me. Life in the spirit is not comfortable. And what we're doing in America is we're letting the things that are in our natural lives seep into a way of life for us in the spirit, and they are contrary to each other. We want a life of no confrontation, no opposition, no struggle, no fight, no sacrifice. Just leave me alone and let me be at peace and, and 
It doesn't work that way. You don't graduate in the spirit that way. You don't develop that way. You don't grow that way. You don't mature that way. And you don't get promoted like that. Usually anytime you go up, there's something you got to give up. So we announced, we, we decided on Saturday that we were going to sell our house when the bottom, the bottom had dropped out of real estate and we listed it, we listed it and it was, I didn't get the sign in the yard. It sold on Monday afternoon at our highest asking price. And now, after 19 years of, ta- of being in Tanzania and, and developing the curriculum and getting it just perfect where I can do it with my eyes closed, he says, <laughs> leave. Where do you want me to go? Uh, I'm going to Burundi. That's one nation I'm going to. Just happens to be the poorest nation in the world. In the world. I'm going there to see about doing another Bible school there. Then I'm going to Greece to train Iranian leaders. Then I'm going to Pakistan. Don't tell me about that. Just pray for me. Don't tell me about all the bad stuff. Just We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. We'll see from there. Maybe, maybe back to Lebanon right now. We'll see, we'll see. We'll see what the Lord has. All I'm telling you is this. If you're going to walk with God, you have to be willing to be made uncomfortable. Yeah. Amen. Yes. A convenient life doesn't go well in the spirit. Can you say Amen. Let me encourage you to guard your heart. Why? Because when the manifestation of God happens, when these waves of the supernatural happens, you'll have to stay with what you know got you here. In other words, you don't all of a sudden make a doctrine out of a wave. You don't make a doctrine out of a manifestation. You don't live off, listen, you don't live off the spiritual highs that God may or may not bring into your life. That's what's wrong with some people like me who who grew up with an addicted personality and was addicted to things. Some people in church, they get addicted to a spiritual high when God moves, the only problem is you've got to stay high to serve Him. Yeah. Amen. And serving God is about waking up and doing what's right when you don't feel like it. Yeah. It's about walking in love and unity when you don't feel like it. It's about making yourself go when you don't want to. Yeah. Can you say amen? amen. That's why you've got to guard your heart because every flaky thing will happen when the supernatural breaks out, the supernatural atti- attracts crazy people. Jesus, come on now, Jesus goes across the lake and a naked man who has been living naked for how long? God knows how long. He's filthy naked. 
Instead of running from Jesus, he runs to him. Why? Deep down, I believe he knew that's the only help I got. So when God visits this church with wave upon wave of supernatural things, you can't live off the wave and you can't be run off by crazy people. You got to stay the course. There's prophesying by the Holy Ghost. There'll be times when this church goes into extended meetings and some of you will say, oh, this has to go on forever. And Pastor Rusty will get up and stop it right in the middle of what you think is the peak. You can't get offended. And then there's times when it goes so long, you want to kill him. That happened to me one time on, on the platform. I got into absolute rebellion. Listen to me. My pastor, Sam Carr, I worked with him for 45 minutes trying to get him to hit one note singing. We were going to Russellville, and he asked me to try to help him sing. Listen to me. The man cannot sing. And there is nothing in the world that you can do to get him to sing right. <laughs> 45 minutes. He had a styrofoam cup. He got so mad into me, he bit into the cup and swallowed what he bit. Uh, you're crazy. Now, I'm up leading worship. I'm the worship leader at, 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 at Word of Life at that time. And man, we're there. We're in the, he we are in the heaven of heavenlies. I've, I've, we, we're there. I'm at the end of my song list. And Pastor Carr comes over and whispers in my ear, keep going. We're not there yet. <laughs> Says who? <laughs> the man that can't carry a tune in a bucket. Okay, I panicked. I went from rebellion to anger to sheer fear because now I have no plan. And we got to keep worshiping. You know what? I, I picked a song and went for it. And I'm telling you, we hit a gusher. We went to a whole nother level in the spirit that I didn't even know existed. I had to get over my offense at my pastor who didn't know music, but he knew the Holy Ghost. Might ought to keep this CD. What can you expect? Crazy people. What can you expect? A chance to be offended. I wrote all these down. What can you expect? Opposition and lies told on your pastor and told about your church. Opposition and lies. Outrageous. Stories in the community about your church. Why? The devil is not going to take a miraculous church laying down. Anything great is going to come with contention. It's going to come with a challenge. You've got to get yourself ready in your mind for that. That's why prayer has got to intensify. It's the type of prayer that heads off stuff. It's a type of prayer that insulates you, not isolates you, insulates you from attacks of the enemy. 
They still come, but you're protected. Can you say amen? Come on, hallelujah. I wrote something else down. What else can you expect? Large surprise provision from unknown sources. People sending in huge offerings that you don't even know from places you've never heard of. Can you say amen? amen. And I, won't, I wrote one last thing. Like I say, it's not organized at all, and I don't usually do this, but I believe there's going to be a move of God on the college campus here. Yes, amen. I believe there's going to be a move of God in the young people. I believe another generation is going to rise up in the supernatural. And these kids are not going to look like what you think, and they're not going to dress like what you think, and they're going to wear weird stuff. <laughs> but they're going to have the power of God working in them. And you're not to judge them. You're to encourage them. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. You're a sign and wonder church. You're a sign and wonder church. And that means you're going to have to be a sign and wonder people. Why? The church is you. Everything that I'm saying is nothing apart from you and from your life. God's going to do it in this place. Can you say amen? amen? Let's stand up. Praise the Lord. I believe I obeyed the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, this is where the Holy Spirit has to take over in your own personal life. This is where the Holy, this is where I can't speak. There's things I can't speak into. When I was into my 20s, I told you that the Lord told me, now I blessed you as far as I can bless you. And listen to me. I wasn't, nobody knew about that competitive spirit that I had, but the Lord knew. Nobody knew about that. He had to break my heart over my own self-will. That ungodly desire to be blessed above my brother. And he had to show me the ugly side of me. And I cried, and I repented, and I prayed, and I changed. I refused to allow any gossip to come in my ears anymore about any church or any minister. I just, I'm not listening to it. I'd grab people and make them pray. People quit bothering me. They quit bothering me. There's other things, there's other things that I had to change. What do you have to change? For you to go to another level, I don't believe in condemnation. I don't believe in that. I don't believe the Holy Spirit is a condemner. But I do believe that he'll show you what's hindering you. And it doesn't have to be something big. 
It could be how you're speaking to your wife. It could be the fact that you're late everywhere you go. It could be that you cut corners financially. It could be that you watch things that you shouldn't. I don't know. I don't even want to go down that road, really. But I do want to invite you to start thinking about we. Because your life is not your own. It affects other people here. It affects this church. So, Father, right now, we just stop and say that we're willing. I don't know where I have put you in a corner and refused to let you make me uncomfortable. But I'm telling you tonight, I don't want that anymore. I want your best. And if that means making me a little uncomfortable, if that means confronting some things that that are hidden that really nobody knows anything about but me and you, then I'm here to tell you I'm willing. How many would say tonight I'm willing? Just let's tell the Lord that. Come on, just tell the Lord I'm willing. Whatever it takes to go to another level in my own life with you, seeing the supernatural move in my life and move in my heart, whatever that takes, I'm willing to do it. And I thank you, Lord, for a signs and wonders church. We, we embrace our identity. Come on, let's do that. We embrace that identity on this church that we'll be not a normal church. We'll be a signs and wonders church. We thank you for doing it. In Jesus' precious name, Pastor, would you come? Praise the Lord. Lift your hands and worship the Lord. Father, we worship you. Lord, we glorify your name tonight. Father, we hear, not just listen. Father, we hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to our hearts. We thank you, Father, for that which you've imparted. We receive it. We receive it in Jesus' name. Take the bread of life that you deposited into our hearts tonight and break it. And let it multiply in us. We ask in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Philip and Laura, would y'all come? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. New doors, new doors, new doors. Because of your loyal heart, you've hung on to some places and been faithful to those places. And that's commendable. 
but in order to walk through some of the new doors that I'm going to open for you, you'll have to drop some places. You need to know that it is not an act of disloyalty for you to drop some of those places because your relationship with those places some of those places has run its course and there's nothing you can do to help them anymore and in order for you to make room for the new doors you'll have to make some sacrifices but when you do mean a greater effectiveness for both of you. So Father, I thank you for new doors. Can y'all stretch your hands out this way? New doors. New doors. New doors. It's not disloyal to walk through the new doors, but in order to do it, you're going to have to sacrifice some old ones. And you know what that means. The Lord, the Lord gave me that word before the service. So let's, let's rejoice with them. Lord, thank you for new doors, new doors of effectiveness. In Jesus' name, another level of fruitfulness, another level of glory. Praise the Lord. Thank you for doing it. We just rejoice. Can we rejoice? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Now just lift your hands back up and worship God. The presence of the Lord is here right now. We worship you, Father. We glorify you. Jesus, we worship you. We magnify your name. We exalt you, Lord God. We exalt you, Lord God. Stir our spirit on the inside. Stir our spirit on the inside. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Two things real quick. Number one, many times with spiritual things, we make choices. But you're going to have to begin to weigh your choices, not based on your comfort you're going to have to weigh your choices based on whether you're obeying or disobeying God. And if you don't do that and to choose to disobey, and I'm telling you, it'll start with simple things, real simple things, your faithfulness and you know, to church, to prayer, to all kinds of stuff. But I'm telling you, God is rapidly bringing to a close a time of intense preparation in the lives of men and women to begin to do what he wants to do in something that's coming very quickly against the backdrop of tremendous darkness. And listen, you want to be ready for that because you don't want to be swept out by what's being swept in. Amen? You don't, you don't want great revival to take off and you're in such a place of apathy or complacency that you don't want nothing to do with the very thing you've been trying to believe God for for some of us for all of our lives because it never comes the way we think. Amen? Never comes the way we think. Hallelujah. Now lift your hands one more time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. We glorify your name. Blessed be your name, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Paul, you can't be afraid of being labeled prophetic. You can't be afraid of being labeled, but don't let any label affect you. Don't do that. And there's some things you think are really established in you right now, but there's going to be another. The way I see it is another branch of ministry is beginning to bud on the main trunk of your life. And it's just a bud is all it is. It's just a bud. And as you pursue what you know you're supposed to be doing right now, it's going to begin to grow. And at the proper time, and it's going to take a little time to grow, but literally like a, like a, like it takes time to like grow a rose and the bud will set, but the flower will open overnight. It'll be an instantaneous overnight thing. You'll begin to sense that thing beginning to move in your spirit. So what you have to do is you have to nurture it. Don't fight it. Nurture it. Nurture it. And at the proper time, proper time it'll open. Unusual doors are going to open. Yes, show me that again. I'm sorry. Unusual doors, your mind will say this. That's not my, say that to me again, Lord. I missed it. That's not my forte. That's not the way I flow. That's not the way I operate. But there is a new divine flow coming to many in the kingdom that are willing to open their hearts and embrace that which I desire to do. For many have been prepared for decades, decades, to be used for a short period of time in such a way that God will be glorified upon this earth like never before. Many will come in through the harvest and much will be accomplished in the kingdom. So be pliable and flexible in my hands. And for all the people to stand in righteousness and faith as these things transpire, you'll begin to see a great change in the kingdom as the church awakens and comes into its own quickly in these last days. So rejoice and be glad that you're counted worthy to be a part of that which is going on and consecrate, consecrate yourself to a greater level of servitude in your heart and consecration unto your Father through the Word of God and by the Spirit, and you'll rejoice. And when the world is in a panic, the peace upon your life will be palpable and tangible as you move among the people who are so distraught in fear and tormented by that which is coming upon the earth. Thank you, Lord. Now lift your hands and worship God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Now what was that? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, Paul, one more. Be careful of projects. You're going to come across churches and ministries here in this nation and overseas, and you're going to think, I can really help here. But it will not be 
an extended effort on your part to try to bring adjustment or correction, it will just be a seed planted. So learn to recognize the projects for what they are and allow the seed to be planted and the spirit to work and the fruit to come and you will not be weighed down by the projects of many because they were just lazy or did not pay attention. So be careful and you'll be blessed and protected. Hallelujah. Now thank you. Thank you, Father. Now lift your hands and thank God one more time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Now let me say this as we close. You know, sometimes we wonder, you know, there were guest ministers and they got ministered to. Well, that's one of the things you must understand as Jesus positions us in the kingdom right now. There are things that God is greatly doing, adjusting, and making adjustments. Lee and I are so blessed. We know we have completed literally two phases of ministry in our life, one being 18, one being 20 years. And we're entering into another phase of ministry, the final phase of our ministry. And it is a transition. You know, the Lord spoke to us about Island Church because the last phase of ministry, he said to us, you have to give up everything, everything, everything. But the Lord spoke to us about this last phase of ministry and said, no, you won't have to give up everything. What you've built and who you've blessed will help you enter into and fulfill the third phase of ministry. So that means we're not going to give up Island Church. Amen. We're going to stay right here and fulfill that which God's called us to do. Weren't you blessed tonight? Listen, there was a different word in that. If you did not get that, go get the, we'll, uh, Philippe will have it on podcast here real quick or get the CD, whatever you do, whatever we do. I don't think we even do CDs anymore. So you can get it off the, get off the podcast, amen. And listen, listen with an, with an ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us. So many rapid changes have happened in the world and the world system, and they're continuing to happen, I mean, just at an incredible pace, and they're picking up steam. Listen, the same thing's going on in the body of Christ. And something he said is something that I've said to y'all many times. We can't sit, a while, sit around and wait and see what God is going to do. I've, I've said it many times. You can't steer a parked car, but even a car that's moving, if it's going the wrong way, can be turned and brought right back to the right way real quick. But you can't steer one that's parked. Amen. And thank God your lives aren't parked. You're moving. You're here on Wednesday night. You're hearing what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, stirring your hearts. So let that stir continue. Lift your hands one more time. Father, we worship you tonight. Thank you for a good word from heaven, a good word from God. And, Father, we will continue to prepare and get ourselves ready through prayer, through intercession, through, through all that you've given us to do the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, as we leave tonight, we thank you for your protection, your safety, your grace, your mercy, your kindness toward us. Father, we thank you. Your word says no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh our dwelling. Angels have charge over us. We declare in our travels in the righteous labor of our hands. Lord, at our jobs, in our business, we are protected of God. We stand in faith, and we even stand in the, in the medical realm against the pandemics, the epidemics. We declare our healing. We declare our health, and we stand in faith, resisting any symptom, any symptom that would try to come up on our body and rejoicing over the divine health we have in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, for stirring evangelism in our hearts. Lord, we pray over all those that have been in our uh, services here the last, oh, I don't know, six or eight weeks that have come to the Lord, that have gotten saved, that have gotten right with God. Lord, your word shows us we pray for them till Christ be forms in them. 
We break the power of the, the flesh and the power of the devil. That which would try to keep them out of church and away from God. We declare in the name of Jesus, there's a liberty and a freedom for them to grow in the things of God. Thank you for it, Father. Lord, we thank you everywhere we go. We will be an answer to people's prayer, a problem to the devil, a miracle in people's life. We leave tonight walking in faith and love towards you. We love you, Lord. We leave walking, Lord, walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, that here at Island Church, we are covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.